think the, uh, the very first Eucharistic song I learned at the feet of wonderful Sister Malachi, who was a school sister of St. Francis in Wheaton, was uh, at that first Eucharist. At that first Eucharist, before you died, you prayed, you prayed that all be one in, all be one in you. I knew it when I was five. But how's it, I, here's how it, thus may they all one body, bread one body be, in this blessed sacrament of unity. Thank you, Sister Delphine. Thank you, sisters. <laughs> of course we remember it. May we all one bread, one body be in this sacrament of unity, although today, there is so much controversy over the Eucharist and how it is to be celebrated and who is to celebrate it and who is allowed to go to the Eucharist right now. It, I would have never dreamt in a million years that, that the source and summit of who we are, according to Vatican II, this Eucharistic celebration, this center of our worship, this center of our life, would someday be weaponized. And yet it seems to be. If we look at it at least superficially, we see the arguments over the Latin Mass, and, and some still argue whether girls could be acolytes or not, and, and, and women standing behind the pulpit preaching, and they're really good. <laughs> and, and, and who in public life would be allowed to come to communion? In other words, who's right? Who's wrong? Who's in? Who's out? Who is worthy? And who is unworthy? Now, I think we can get really excited over all of these controversies if we, if we didn't keep them in context. But I think it's really important to see the long picture and to keep it in context because, well, if we see that, we're going to see that right before Paul writes this section in, in Corinthians, about the institution of the Eucharist. And by the way, this is the most ancient text about the Eucharist because Paul writes before the, the Gospels are fi finally written. And, 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 and what, he is, what he is doing right before this section is going crazy with the Corinthians because a lot of them at this point are falling into Gnosticism. At this point, the, they, they are saying, well, you know, it's not really what you do. It's as long as you got the right belief and as long as you're doing the, the, the right thing. And, of course, he's, he's going crazy because they are discriminating between who's in and who's out, who's good and who's bad. As a matter of fact, he says, you come because you think you are worthy and you are rich and you eat the food. And when the poor come, there's nothing but leftovers for them. It's all wrong. So the controversy is nothing new. It's been going on forever. Uh, I think for the most of us, our first encounter with, with communion, with, with, with Holy Communion, and I love to see it to this day, is when a, when a parent brings a little child, when we were three or four years old, or sometimes the parent is in, 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 in their arms, and, and mommy receives communion, and the two-year-old goes, Where's mine? Where's mine? I want to be in communion. I, I want whatever you want, whatever you got, I want. Now, we don't give little kids 
Holy Communion, and I'm convinced I know why. They don't need it. They don't need it until they each reach the age of reason. Now they're in trouble. Because huh? as soon as we reach the age of reason, what are we doing? Now we are, we are doing our, our identity thing. They say the first words that a child learns is no, the second one is mine. I'm separate from you. Now we need communion. Because we see ourselves as individuated, discrete entities separate from the rest of the world. Now we need to get back to where we where we began. And so I think the first religious impulse that people have when they have a sense that there is something bigger than them, that there is a God, that there is a hidden hand that controls the universe, is trying to reach out and make contact. That's the whole idea of, of the ancient sacrifices, the ritual sacrifices where you spill blood. And you put part of the blood on the altar, which signifies God, and part of the blood on the people to try to have them have some kind of atonement, at one moment, to bring them together. The great reality, and it is the ultimate reality, is that they're already together. We talk of the universal Christ, and the universal Christ, the cosmic Christ, is nothing less than when, when the spirit of the divine, which permeates all of creation, comes into the material world and they are inseparable. Well, that's the Christ, and that's been going on since the Big Bang. We just haven't been aware of it. So the, the prophets came and they said, if you think you're separate, do this. Or, or Moses says, follow the law, and the, and the prophets say, turn around, and, 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 and we, we keep falling short of the mark. Until, of course, we know the one who came who was on the mark. The, the one who the, the, the word of God that comes down from heaven to take on our flesh, enter into the darkness of the world that thinks it's separate from God and dispels the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome it. That's, that's, that's this man from Nazareth, this Jewish carpenter who, who calls God Abba, Daddy, Father, who, who says, I, let, me, let me show you now how to get into communion with God and remain in communion with God because the great reality is that you've never been separated. Never been separated. But you don't know it. So I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to show you how it can be done. Here, here's the pattern. Uh, on the night, St. Paul tells us this first, this first uh, section of it. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. That's the action. That's, that's the action of Christ, and that is called to be the action of our life. You take your life in your hands, you bless it, you break it. It has to be broken because it cannot be given away until it is broken. Now you give it away. Uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I always make a big deal out of what's called the, the old Latin fraxio, and that's, that's when the priest breaks the host and starts breaking up the pieces of the host. And, 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 because, and, and, and I pray a little prayer to myself. I take my life in my hands. I give thanks. It's a gift. But it has to be broken. Yeah. Uh, 
you're going to do this in remembrance of me, and what are you going to recall? You're going to recall my death. You have to proclaim the death. You have to proclaim, actually, the death of the ego, the death of the separate self, the death of who we think we are. It's got to die. Now, once that's gone, you can give it away. You can give it away. And, and, and so, so that's the, the great mystery. St. Saint, Saint Augustine put it this way. To receive Jesus in the breaking of the bread is to act, is an act of receiving what we are so that we can be what we receive. That's pretty tautologous. We can receive what we are so that we can be, be what we receive. That means there is no space between ourselves and the divine. It is always there. It is part and parcel of who we are. It is our own divine DNA. And who are we? body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Now, it seems that God has an easier time convincing bread that it's sacred than he does us. It seems that, that God is able to say when Jesus says those words, and, and, and I, I, I want to be quite orthodox here because I honestly believe that this is real presence. This is the real presence of the divine in the material world, in this piece of bread, in this cup of wine. But this is real presence as well. As a matter of fact, right after Paul gives these instructions, what does he do? He, he goes on to say, you are the body of Christ. What, we, what he just said here, he's now going to say about all of us. Uh, sometimes when I give communion, I hear and I say the body of Christ, I hear the response, we are. We are the body of Christ. In space and in time, the hard part is for us to dare to believe it and then to act upon it. You know, um, uh, well, I, I, I want to go to the worthy thing. Uh, who is worthy? to receive this body of Christ and to receive this body of Christ? The answer, clearly, even from our liturgical texts, is no one. As a discreet human being cut off from the source of life, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. As a matter of fact, that's the last thing we say after we hold up the the sacred consecrated bread and say, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Lord, I am not worthy. And I want to say to myself and to everybody around, you got that right. <laughs> but this is what I love about God. There's a butt clause. This is God's great butt. Only say the word. Only say the word. My soul shall be healed. Well, the word is, I am in you. The word is, I love you. The Lord is, I forgive you. Now, now, come to the table. Come to the table. Follow the pattern and come to the table. No one is excluded. The most inclusive man that ever walked the face of the earth is inviting us to be fed. To be fed in, in a way that is, that is consecrated here and concentrated here so that we can go forth and spread it all over the world. And how do we do it? We follow the pattern. We follow the pattern. You know, the gospel we had today is the only story that is found six times 
in the four Gospels, and it's found in all four Gospels. And the pattern is always exactly the same. Always. Big crowd. Jesus is teaching. They're in, they're in a deserted place. They're hungry. The disciples come and they go, Oh, what are we going to do now? They're in a deserted place. Uh, You better send them home so they can go out and buy some food and a place to stay. And then Jesus' line is always the same. You feed them. And their line is always the same. We ain't got nothing. (laughs) Look at our resources. Two lousy fish, a couple of pieces of bread. Bring it here. You give thanks, you bless it, you break it, you give it away. That's the pattern. You realize we call it the multiplication of the loaves, but the Gospels never mention multiplication. The Gospels never mention that the quantity of bread increases. What the gospel says is you take the resources you have, you give thanks for it, the life that you have, you have to break it, something has to go in order for you to give it away. And when you do that, we, we know in the spiritual life when you give something away, it does not go away. It remains. It stays. It grows. Oh, blessed are the merciful, for mercy shall be theirs. Blessed are those who are the peacemakers. They are the sons and daughters of God. Give it away. Comes back in spades. Comes back in spades. So come. Table's about to be set. The banquet is about to be celebrated. Come to the feast of heaven and earth. Come to the table of plenty. Come with your tiredness, with your weakness, with your sin with your feeling of depression, with your doubts. Come, come. For the great prayer of Jesus is heard today and answered today. Thus may we all, one bread, one body be through this blessed sacrament of unity.